Tanner. We're excited to be here. We've got two really good guests with us today. And I say guests, they, they're, you know, they've been on the show multiple times. John is basically our fourth co-host, but we have John Casey, Program Director at Doctors Hospital, and Jeff Comp, Associate Program Director at the program with too many words in it. <laughs> the program formerly known as uh, COPA. There uh, you go. The, there we go. Right. The, so the Creighton Emergency Medicine Residency down here in Phoenix, Arizona. That's right. And for those of you that need to do geography, Creighton is not in Arizona, but that is how it works. So when we were asked to come, I was kind of racking my brain about a topic the four of us could talk about and one that would kind of be a difference in terms of what we kind of do at EM over easy and kind of highlight the kind of conversations we have. And, and one that keep coming back to me was it was really went back to when I decided I want to have Jeff on. I really thought back to Jeff's and I email chain from June of this last year. I don't know if Jeff remembers that email chain, but I, in my new role as an associate program director and Jeff and his new role as an associate program director, were both asked to run goal setting sessions with our residents. And so we emailed each other back and forth frantically, shared power, shared PowerPoints, kind of shared best practices. And then I really thought this would be a great opportunity to talk about the way the four of us go about setting goals and the importance of those, not only one for the, for the listeners of the show, but also for the residents that are here at Cook County with us today on Zoom. So when we think about setting goals, Tanner, what first comes to your mind? What first comes to mind for me is the concept that goal setting is usually terrible, really hard to do. It's like an assignment you're given and you go, oh my gosh, what's my goals? And they, you know, it's, it's a typically given to you to do as opposed to something that you generate on your own. And I think there's a big key difference there because that's, that's the, the thing that makes it much easier for me to follow up and do my goals is when it's something I am trying to do myself as opposed to someone giving it to me. You know, we get these, uh, we get these goals set for us all the time, like boards, CME credentialing, all that kind of stuff. Like here's all your things you have to accomplish by X date. Those aren't very fun, but you have to do them. The ones that are fun are the ones that we get to set. And, uh, and I think can make a huge difference in your career, your life, et cetera. So, so John, when we think about goals, I, I have to admit, when I first started doing this, when I started doing goal setting, I kind of thought it was a big to-do list. And I know that's a big no-no for you to look at it that way. What's kind of your take on that? Thought? Yeah, that, that's it's funny hearing uh, Tanner talk about it. T Tanner has had to suffer through me pontificate on goals for longer than anybody should humanly have to do it. But the interesting thing for me is as soon as I hear somebody say, oh, I need to set goals, I really, in my head, crawl to the crazy space of, oh, here comes a to-do list. They're going to create a list of tasks because that for many people is what goals are. Uh, and that's, and just like Tanner was describing, that just makes it so miserable. Um, because then, uh, cause you're never going to finish. You're never, ever, ever going to be successful. Like I nerd out incredibly hard on this stuff and I'm very efficient. And yet I still have stuff that doesn't get done all the time. And so when you embrace that craziness and, and go with, I look at goals as overarching themes of how I choose to drive my life and my goals change over time and my goals should always bring me happiness. And that's, I think, one of the things that people miss out on. Um, goals should be things that enrich your life and help you get to the place you want to be and a, and a better place. And then you supplement those goals with tasks and to do's and uh, things that uh, help you achieve. So that's my take on goals. Goals should be big, good, golden, juicy eggs of happiness. I like that concept because the happiness part of it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like every single goal is going to end up with John at Disney World. 
Well, Man, I wish. It, it might actually be that eventually. But it could be that, you know, even though the end goal isn't necessarily the greatest thing in the world, the feeling you get by completing it is joy and happiness, which is cool. I think that's a, a tenor. I, I totally agree. And also talking to uh, John, hearing hearing you talk about your goals and your thoughts, I am actually a little bit of an outlier. When I was a, a resident uh, with all of these um, specialists, I was very much a list person um, and very much a schedule person. And I think it probably drove John up the wall because he would look at my calendar and everything's color coded and it's a, and it's a mess, but it just somehow works for me. I think it works though. Um, and the way that I sort of let my goal, I, I guess, goal making and goal achieving uh, discussion match up is when I think about leading my life with goals versus standards. Um, and it's a, a concept that I heard about a long time ago where a standard is how you want to live your life, right? So standard is something like, hey, I want to make sure that I'm treating my patients the best way that I always can, right? But a goal is something like, hey, I want to make sure that I am able to uh, talking about Andy's discussion, I'm able to get a central line in under three minutes, right? So you should always work on leading your life to to meet that standard. Um, but sometimes we just don't always reach that specific goal. And I think that's a little bit of a different distinction in my mind, because I think John and I are talking the same language. But when I think about my goals and goal setting, I very much use my lists and chunk down and say, hey, this is the first step for my research. This is the next step. This is the next step for that specific project. So it's a little bit different. So when we think about this, I, I think it's important. You know, you guys, I love that you guys see it's a different, same concept, different language. And I think that's a big part is also like knowing knowing how to set it up in your mind to make it work. Um, but when we talk about setting goals, a lot of people make mistakes and mistakes they make are pretty common. So John, what are some of the mistakes people make when they're, when they're, when they're setting goals? The first one is not making any because they don't understand what they're trying to do. So I'm a big proponent of the concept of not letting the urgent crowd out the important. And there's really no uh, better real world experimental feel than this, than the emergency department. There are lots of important tasks going on and you constantly get dinged with things that are urgent and you all know the type of docs that you wish to emulate. They're the ones that are running a shift and masterfully have everything under control and are managing their portfolio on the side and doing this and doing that. And they're able to do all these things while still running the department effectively and seeing patients and being happy. And that is a reflection of having this overarching ability to goal set. What is it you want to be able to do? What is it um, that makes you happy? What do you want to emulate about things? And so it was interesting because uh, Jeff's point was really good, right? The, the language is very different. Some people say, okay, my goal is to get in a central line in under three minutes. And that's absolutely appropriate language. But you could also say, my goal is to be able to effectively get a line in any patient. That's my big goal. My big goal is I never want to have. So it's interesting because you can take something that's a goal for you and turn it into a task for others. The people that are flying blind are the ones that have no idea what they're headed for. They have no idea what they want things to look like. And they're afraid or incapable of at that moment making a judgment. So whatever step they're taking is random. It's funny that that concept reminds me of a quote I heard, no joke, like two days ago from Yogi Berra, who's like a classic old school baseball player who has all these kind of crazy quotes. And and it was, if you don't know where you're going, 
you might end up somewhere, someplace else. And that's the exact concept, right? Like if you don't have a goal set, you have no idea where you're going. And so if you don't set a goal to place a central or be able to place a line in any patient I need to, you may end up three years down the road in a scenario where you have no way to get a line into somebody and you're stuck and you're confused and you're going, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Had you set a goal earlier on to do something to accomplish that, you'd probably be fine. When I think about like setting goals in general, um, I'm reminded of a, you know, a, a couple individuals that I know. I think anybody who's been out in practice for, you know, a couple years. So some of the attendees that are on watching right now and listening, we all know people who have either found and are, are leaving medicine, right? And so, especially leaving emergency medicine, we look at burnout rates. I don't want to say it's because of goal setting, but a lot of the people or some of the people that I know that are leaving medicine, they kind of hoped they, 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 they let medicine be in charge, right? They let medicine run their life. They let medicine be the purpose of their goals. Um, they didn't try to find happiness in their career or happiness in trying to build a good, you know, non-clinical part of their life. And so I think setting good goals and differentiating from tasks and from goals um, is very, very important because it will make you want to keep coming back to this job. Because um, again, as before Tanner drew and before Tanner, John and Jeff got on, I was listening to you guys talk about COVID, like working in the ED right now is a mess. Every time we go to work clinically, we're putting ourselves and our nurses and everybody at risk to have this catastrophic event of getting COVID and possibly, you know, having a bad outcome. And that takes a toll on us. And so we have to kind of, to me, think of what are we doing with our non-clinical time? And goals are a great way to make sure that we're utilizing the time we're not in the hospital wisely and that we're moving towards happiness um, when we're not in the hospital to balance because there's no equivalence, but to balance the stuff we have to do deal with on shift and when we're in the hospital. So, you know, when we think about setting good goals, what are some tips you guys have used or kind of, I guess, tried and then had some problems with and gone back and found kind of some best practices for setting goals for yourself? So I, I will absolutely touch on that. But Andy, I think something that you really, really hit on the head that I want to make sure that we really discuss is the importance of having goals within different aspects of your life to be able to say, hey, I have some very incredible professional goals that I'd really like to do, but I also have some personal goals and being able to have the ability to weigh both of them equally and recognizing when one needs to get throttled forward and throttled back based on your personal professional uh, sort of environment and what things are happening in your life. I think that's uh, that's huge. Um, and that's something that we see a lot with people. And I mean, I, I'm a recent grad, but coming out of residency, residency was all medicine, right? And it's very easy, especially as we start off early on or middle on um, within the training to forget the reason uh, or not forget, but to move away a little bit from the things that really make you you. And that was a, a big change when I was finishing up training and then moving into um, early attendinghood, trying to remember, hey, you still have these things that you enjoy doing. I mean, you guys see the snowboards in the background. I have bikes and stuff. I mean, I'm making sure that I'm doing those kinds of things that allow me to have my own me outside of medicine. I guess to talk about your next question, I get overwhelmed with the amount of goals that I try to set for myself. I also, I, I tend to write a bunch of stuff down. And then if I don't actively work on, on sort of next steps, I end up unfortunately kind of spinning, right? Sort of having that tailspin of, I don't really know where else to start. And the way that I kind of crawl through that is frankly through my lists. So I use, uh, I use an app uh, called Microsoft Todoist and you, you can create a project and within that project, you have different checks. Um, and I know in myself that I do really well with sort of checklist inertia kind of, right? So if I can check off that one thing of, Hey, I only need to find five references 
to help me write the introduction for that paper I'm working on, then I can get that. And you know what? You know what? I, I could do five. I, I, I can do that. But if I have something on my to-do list of like, hey, write that article on this, it becomes this monster that I need to, uh, that, that I feel like I need to face rather than sort of acting like Gulliver's Travels and travel and, and taking all the different points and, and bringing down the giant itself. Jeff, do you ever attack the day with one of my favorite things to do, which is to do something and then write it on my to-do list and then cross it off as a fait accompli? That's like the most rewarding behavior. Uh, feels so good. I literally write, so I, I have kind of a, a, again, within the app, I have a way of copying, pasting everything down. The first one is literally open up the document that you have running for the manuscript. I mean, that's the, that's the first thing, um, open up the document or open up the, um, like the author guidelines for the, for the, the paper or something like that. Right. It's just that first, like, all right, okay, let's get going. I got this. One small uh, and click it, uh, for, really helps for Jeff. One giant yes. click for mankind's knowledge for my my creates his <laughs> publication <laughs> right my my mental well-being right yeah i really i really like that that's like the nuts and bolts of the the details of how to get to the goals that you are setting for yourself i'm very similar in that i use omnifocus for my kind of checklist type of scenarios and creating projects and stuff but one of my favorite things to do and i've only been doing this the last few years but to help find the goals, to help find the things that I want to set for myself. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying, Jeff, about choosing the right goals. Is this professional goals, personal goals, financial goals, health goals? I like the idea of doing a, instead of a new year's resolution, I do a year end review of my life and I go back through the entire calendar go back to January of the year before, and I start making a tally of the things that brought me joy and happiness, kind of like John has talked about. And I find the things that are consistently bringing that to me. And then I try to schedule more of those, put more of those on the calendar, create more goals to generate those types of events in the coming year. And then I also go through and I find all the ones that are negative, the ones that make me feel felt feel bad or overwhelmed or stressed. And, and I try to schedule less of those if I can, or find ways to mitigate those things. And that helps me generate a, almost a year long plan of goals that I'm trying to accomplish or avoid with that kind of 30,000 foot view or 50,000 foot view, depending on what book you read from whatever person. Anybody that's hung around with me on any EM over easy time or in life in general knows that I like to take words and turn them into acronyms. One of my least favorite words in the world is the word, but which stands for behold the underlying truth. Meaning if you say whatever you say, and then you put, but and finish, I just stop listening to anything you said before the word, but because you're about to tell me what you wanted me to hear. And so goal is another one of those. Um, because for me, goal stands for, for grab opportunity and live. That's what I like to do when I think about goals, which is why I separate it for me so much from tasks. If I had to give you one tip, it would actually be interestingly enough, a negative tip, which is one of the most important skills to learn is the tactful no. You need to be able to appreciate opportunities that are presented to you for the purpose of the universe has put them there for you and tactfully decline them at that time. And the tactful is important because when I first practiced this skill, um, I lacked that skill. So somebody, Andy's laughing because he knows. So somebody would be like, hey, you know, my program director would be like, yo, Casey, I've got this great idea. Would you like to take this on? And I was like, nope. He had a lot more grace about it than I did. 
and helped me understand that it's okay to say, hey, my plate's full right now. That's something I'm interested in. Or, you know what? I, I don't know that I love that so much, but you you know who really does love making color-coded checklists? is Jeff. And I can put you in touch with a great guy that can help you and do this. And so acknowledging the energy that somebody has taken to give you an opportunity is the most important part. Only second to, I recognize that it's not going to bring me great joy. And so I appreciate the, appreciate the opportunity, but I respectfully decline. It's really hard to do. Easy to say, hard to do. That touches on something else, being on your own timeline, right? What I tend to see when I talk with people is they sort of use their email inbox as their to-do list for the day. And when you start with something like that, you are on everyone else's timeline. So you are responding to messages. You are coming back to what your next step is, um, or pardon me, to what their next step is, what their priority is. Um, and I've definitely had those days where I'm trying to clean out through the clean out my mailbox, and then it's like afternoon, and I feel like I haven't really done anything because I haven't taken any time to address my own uh, my own things on my own list. So I really start now by prioritizing my own time. So now before I open up the email first thing in the morning. I complete something on my task list and I say, all right, I want to make sure that I finish this or I do I do this next step because it is very easy to get caught up, uh, just like John was saying, with someone else's priorities. I love that, Jeff. That's an awesome concept, right, of being on your own timeline and not letting other people jump in on what you're trying to accomplish, at least not until you let them jump in. And it's really hard to do, right? I mean, it is very, very easy to want to grab onto another project, to be on another committee, to take another leadership opportunity and to do something. I'm not sure where I heard it, but I actually think of when I uh, am provided with a new opportunity, I think about if it is going to hit on one of three parts of parts of a triangle. So does this fulfill a job requirement? Does it allow me to have professional growth? Um, and do I believe in the cause? The other one for me is, and I added, I make, I go from a little triangle to like more of a, a square. I add, does it just, is it fun? Like, am I just, am I just gonna, am I gonna have fun with it? And for a new project to, to get added to my plate, it has to hit at least two of those, those points of, uh, of my square now that I've created. And then I, I, I try and I'm practicing just like John has been saying, practicing saying, oh, you know, I, I think that's a fantastic opportunity. Let me see if I can connect you with someone else that might really, uh, really help on out too. Cause it gives, it gives a way to start, right? Like how do you, how do you appraise a new opportunity to be able to decide if it's something that's, that's worth your time, recognizing that it will be either time that comes from something else that, that you are already participating in, or it prevents you from taking on something else um, along the line. So Jeff, I love that you're bringing up the way you kind of build it in your mind and how you choose goals. I think it's also really important to remember the basics of goal setting in this because doing that will also help you decide if this goal is worth it. So I, whenever I kind of get stuck in a rut, I even go back farther than what Jeff brought up. And I remember the smart mnemonic, right? So the smart mnemonic is that it's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. And so to me, whenever I decide, is this goal worth it? I go back and I say, you know what? Was Did I make the goal specific? Is it something I can measure that when I'm done, I can say, look at that. That's what I achieved. Is it attainable? Is it something that isn't going to require multiple smaller goals in the, on the way to get to the final goal? Is it relevant? So is it even relevant to the topic that I want the goal to be about? And then, of course, is it time-based? Where is the expiration date on this goal? And so on top of doing the, as Jeff brought up, 
is this something I like? Is that not like? I always want to kind of bring it back to the SMART goal because I feel like that's an, the best way to default if you get lost is look at a goal and decide if it fits the SMART mnemonic. All right, guys. So I have a question for you. What happens when I fail my goal? Like I can't get to it. Like what do you what are you guys doing when you are obviously failing at achieving your goals that you have now taken the time to think through, set, and appropriately create? Do you just like throw them out? Do you do you just make new goals? Do you say oh, I need to create new tasks? Like what's what's your process to get back on the horse? First off, I set goals knowing that there's a good chance I'm going to fail at not the majority of them, but a large chunk of them, right? So, because to me, like I fall in that category of is that I should have about a third failure rate because then I'm cause that way I'm reaching and I'm stretching myself, right? So I think one thing that happens when you make goals, if you're meeting all of your goals, your goals need to get tougher. Right. You need to up your game. You need to think outside the box. You need to stretch a little bit more. When I fail them, I mean, one that comes to mind is I remember two years ago, I had a desire to run a marathon. I ran a marathon in college. I've gotten out of shape. I wanted to run a marathon. And then over the course of preparing for this marathon, I sprained my ankle twice and then had a lateral malleolus fracture. Um, and I had to literally like walk around in a walking boot for, for a, a couple of weeks and, and then wasn't allowed to run for like three months. Um, and I sat there when I got, when I went to my doctor and he said, Hey, you have a small fracture of your lateral malleolus. You probably shouldn't run for three months. And I thought, well, the marathon's in six, in six weeks. Like, how am I gonna like, but it made me rethink about like, even the goal I set probably was a little too aggressive. And so I think it's important that when you fail at your goals, realize that it wasn't the goal. The goal was in the right category. It checked the boxes. It was going to be fulfilling. I was going to get healthier. Like it checked a bunch of the boxes, but maybe my eyes were bigger than my stomach. And so it's important to realize that like sometimes we fail because we shoot a little too high. And so the next year I was like, all right, I'm not going to run a marathon. Um, let's start with start small. I haven't ran in a while, so let's, let's do five K's. And so the next year I wanted to run some five K's, ran some five K's with my kids. And then I set some smaller goals that might lead to me one day meeting that other goal that I had, the lofty goal that I had. Um, but know that like failure is great because it makes you re reanalyze. Was this a good goal to begin with? Um, and then if it was, what's a smaller, what's a smaller mountain peak I can get to on my way to that other goal that I was, that I found. And I've had that happen a ton with, and getting published in journals, you know, uh, a lot of other professional stuff where you're like, that was really kind of a gutsy goal to make that the first goal. And so it helps you reanalyze and be like, all right, so maybe this is not a one-year goal. This is a five-year goal. And maybe over the next five years, I can get to that goal that I made, um, knowing that there's some better steps along the way. Yeah. So I, when I think about, um, goal failing, maybe my take is just a little bit different on it, but I'm a rewriter of history in that sense. And partly it's probably because of the way that I attack a goal. When I set out like a specific goal, that falls into the kind of this task idea for me. And so I look at why I tried to reach that goal, right? Like, so I think if I had Andy's scenario, I would have looked at, well, why was I trying to run this marathon? Oh, because I, you know, because I did it before and I wanted to do it again, or, you know, wh whatever the reasoning was. And I would start to, to think in on that. And did I achieve something in that goal? Did I make progress in the direction that I wanted to go? Because if I do that, I don't necessarily consider that to be a failure. And to link it back, I had a resident actually a few um, weeks ago. We had, uh, if you can imagine, somebody with a difficult airway, like they exist. And there was some discussion about what we should do for the patient. And uh, there was a lot of planning to say, 
manage the patient in the emergency department. And this is somebody that if you like open up, you know, a textbook and you flip, it's going to say, this is a patient that should be taken to the operating room to ideally have their airway managed. Not because we all know, not because we can't do it, but because it's the right thing to do for the patient. And there was some pushback about that. And ultimately the patient went to the operating room and lo and behold, they couldn't be intubated and had to have a crash tracheostomy and there was lights of drama, right? And so the resident's perspective was that they had failed, right? But but what was the goal? The, the goal was like, let's take really good care of this patient. Now the guy has a hole in his neck, but he would have had a hole in his neck either way. The alternative was a lot worse. And so when I talk about rewriting history, that's what I talk about is reshaping those expectations of yourself and your goal. We're a little bit too hard on ourselves. Actually, we're a lot of bit too hard on ourselves. We have to have some grace with ourselves. And so that's why I say when your stretch goal, which I think is important, right? That like if I could wave a magic wand and be the most awesome version of myself, I would be, I would run a marathon. I agree with you, Andy. I would do the same thing. But right now, John's really cool with his 5Ks. He's good. 10 months ago, I couldn't do a 5K. Now I can do a 5K. Marathon will happen or it won't. It'll be all right. But my goal was really to get healthier and feel better. And so I think that personal reflection time uh, is really it. So I just reject the premise of the question. There, there, there it is. That's it. Yep. I, I, I think it's great. I mean, you're identi- I think identifying the perception of failure. So what's the, what's the aspect of the goal that you felt that you didn't reach that is causing this sort of feeling of failure, right? And then if you look for that reason and identify the modifiable aspect of that, that's how I sort of move on to the next one. So was it a, frankly, was it just a reframing where I needed to say, hey, you know, the goal was maybe a little bit too lofty or whatever the reason was. However, upon this journey, I was able to accomplish X, Y, and Z. It's a little bit of a reframing that allows you to sort of gain the positive and maybe use that, uh, use these positives that you've learned within the, I guess, goal acquisition process to reframe, reformat, and then come back and do it again. One of the most common issues with me not achieving my goals is time, right? And it's procrastination. I think that's one of the easiest things for many people to fall into. And one of one of the favorite uh, things I've read about to help with procrastination uh, is there's actually a book on it, and and we can uh, we'll post that in the chat here and on the on the podcast uh, blog post. It it comes from what something from what I understand something Mark Twain said back in the day is if the first thing you do each morning is eat a live frog, you can go through the rest of the day with the satisfaction knowing that that is probably the worst thing that is going to happen to you all day long. And the concept is basically eat your frog first. So if you have a goal that is just crushing you and you keep procrastinating or you know you're constantly failing, that's the goal that you may have to just focus on. Eat that frog and then hey, all the rest of the goals are going to be like, huh, this is easy. Um, Amen. The eat the frog philosophy, baby. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you know the second part of that one, don't you? Oh, no. Yeah. The second part is if you have to eat two frogs, eat the biggest one first. Oh yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've heard that as the, if you have t- uh, two frogs, eat the ugliest one first. Mm. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that was just one of the things I want to throw out there because for me, when I get derailed from my goals, that is by far the quickest way for me to get back on track is eat that frog. So guys, I really appreciate you guys being willing to come talk about this. I just want to kind of close out with with the following idea when I think about setting goals. 
is one is that goal setting is important because it will help you live a healthy, happier version of, of your life. If you're out there, if you're a skeptic about goals, start with some small ones, get them done. Trust me, you'll be happier when it's over. Uh, I think when we talk about failure, it's something that you have to anticipate. And really kind of when I talk to my residents or talk to other people, I always remember a, a quote from um, one of my coaches uh, in high school was, is that this is a game of attrition. Life is a game of attrition. We add a little, we're a little better every day. We get rid of some of the things we're bad at. And over the course of that kind of mentality is that we will add to our lives by setting these goals. Um, you'll be better and happier for it. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the EM Over Easy podcast. To learn more about our show, visit emovereasy.com or follow us on one of our various social media pages, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And don't forget, we are now the official podcast of the ACOAP or the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians. To learn more about this organization, about one of its upcoming high-quality CME events, or to join, visit acoep.org. Thank you.